Hello and welcome to Sports Talk, your weekly no-nonsense roundup of the best sports news, views and interviews in our area. I'm David Lee, news supporter for the Express Series newspaper and host of the podcast. Today I'm joined by sports duo Dan Darlington and Josh Brown as we unpick a late FA Cup equaliser for Mainhead United, attempt to win the rugby for David Mob Smith's Mainhead and talk through the lofty aspirations of Windsor chairman Kevin Stott. Um, good afternoon chaps, how are we feeling? Good afternoon, I'm okay. Okay, re- re- ready for, uh, ready for uh, take two after a quick, um, a- a quick recap from, um, from me. Uh, so we'll start with um, Mainhead United who are in action against Wilson in the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup and they have Ryan Upward to thank for a goal in the 86th minute. Um, the Magpies went behind following a second-half strike from Ross Lafayette, but Upward found himself in the right place at the right time to stab home with four minutes of normal time to play. Um, Dan, you spoke to Ryan after the game. Let's hear from him first. So, Ryan, uh, possibly not the size best performance today, but you're still in the hat for the next round of the yeah. FA Cup, and I guess that's the main thing. Yeah, when you're 1-0 down, 10 to go, you just want to get anything just to get in the hat for the next time. And when we scored, did we go for the draw? Did we try and go for the win? Okay, we've heard from Ryan Upward there. Um, a few things to unpick, really. I mean, firstly, let's talk through the uh, the goals in the game. Um, one apiece, and it sounds like Mainhead faced just as tricky tyres as we expected, really, against you know the be- the best team at the moment in the National League South. Yeah, I think you know on the face of it, I think one one is probably about right in terms of the chances that were created in in both halves. Um, Wheelstone will probably feel they, you know, they should have should have nicked it maybe. Um, you know, they went ahead obviously in the 50th minute. Great, great strike by Ross Lafayette. I thought he played well throughout. Um, a very muscular presence up front and he kind of occupied uh, the main head back four. Um, they had, you know, half chances in the first half. They, they hit the post. That wasn't, that was very much more than a half chance. That was Jerome Akimo from a, from a corner. Um, and Lafayette had another couple of half chances as well. Um, so you, they would feel that they kind of maybe shaded the game in terms of chances. But, you know, Maidenhead, again, I don't think they were at their best at home. Um, for whatever reason, they're not performing, you know, as well as they possibly can at home. Uh, but having said that, they still, you know, created chances. Uh, you know, Joe Willall in the first half had a, had a firm header, well saved. And, and Josh Kelly, I thought, looked lively. And he had a good a good chance as well, which was was also saved by the keeper. So, 
Um, yeah, it was looking like being another frustrating day for the Magpies, you know, and, and I, I thought, you know, maybe their FA Cup journey was coming to an end, but they, they kept going. Um, I don't think they played particularly well in the, the second half, but they, you know, they kept kind of, as Deb might say, huffing and puffing. They, mm. they, they kept putting balls into the box, you know, they had a few corners. Um, and then they, you know, they, you know, it came, paid dividends in the end because they managed to get that goal through Ryan Upwood. And he's had a, he scored a few important goals in the FA Cup in the last couple of seasons to kind of get them through uh, ties. I think last season against Chippenham Town, he scored the winner in their replay. And the year before that, at this same stage, he um, he scored a, a 91st minute winner against Havant and Waterlooville. So um, he's the man for the FA Cup. And he seemed to think that he knew what he was uh he knew what he was doing with um with the goal at the end there. I yeah. mean it kind of when you watch the video back it looks like a real um you know a bit of a scramble in there but luckily he was uh, as he often is in the sort of right place at the at the right time. Yeah and I think the ball does come to you know that Josh Kelly takes a very it was a good effort from him from a I think a towering header from Jake Cassidy um and he gets on the end of it Josh Kelly um the keeper makes a fine save and I thought it just bounced back and hit Ryan Upwood but um you know he claims that he saw it coming and was able to kind of change the shape of his body and get the you know and divert it into the net. So you know, fair play to him if he did, because uh, it would have been a you know an instinctive reactive finish. And the other big moment, um, which has really left a lot of the fans at the ground talking, was the uh, incident with Josh Smile, um, where he was kind of uh, for all goal and sort of poleaxed by the keeper. What was your take on that? Yeah, it's a, a, str- a strange one, really. I, I I think you know I'll put my Maidenhead United cap on and and and, and say I'm with. Alan Devonshire and the rest of the Maidenhead players and thinking that it should it should have been a penalty. Um, as I saw it, there was a long ball play forward. Josh Mile got in front of the um, the Wheelstone keeper uh, Oxborough, um, and he nipped the ball away from him and, and appeared to be kind of taken out or kind of the ref uh, the, the goalkeeper was going to punch the ball, but he appeared to punch uh, Josh Mile instead. Um, it was, you know, it's debatable as to whether it was in or outside the box. It certainly looked inside the box from where I was sitting. And, you know, most of the fans who've kind of reacted to it on Twitter have said the same thing. Um, and as Dev pointed out, why would the goalkeeper be going to punch the ball if it was outside of the area? So so the consensus seems to have been that... We the need goalkeeper... VAR, basically. <laughs> and I don't think you're going to get it at you know, National League level for a little while yet, anyway. We don't want that. We do not want that. Um... <laughs> Uh, so I mean the consensus seemed to be that the decision was giving uh, handling the ball outside the area was that the uh, or it's yeah it's a tricky or was it um, well, I, given I, for a foul I, 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 I'm not, I'm not 100% sure what it was given for the referee you know gave you know awarded a free kick right on the edge of the box so yeah. presumably either for you know handling outside the area or for taking out the, the player um, it was a little bit of a melee and, and I would love for you know, whoever was recording the match to have had the, the highlights out by now, so I could have um, reviewed the incident and yeah. come back to you with a bit more clarity. Review it in the, uh, in the main head advertiser match room and uh, <laughs> exactly. our own VAR towers. Um, so, yeah, that clearly um, divided opinion. Yeah, and, and actually, in fairness to Maidenhead, I mean, that, that you felt like that might be, you know, it might be one of those days where decisions like that were going to go against them, but they, they kind of stuck to their guns, they kept going. They weren't playing brilliantly, but they, you know, they managed to get themselves back into the game. They're still in the the the, the hat. The yeah, draw. the draw made this evening, Monday night, and um, yeah, they face a replay tomorrow at Wildstone, which is going to be a tough trip. Yeah, I mean, their away form has been better than their home form, so I don't think there's anything to suggest that 
tomorrow night's tie will be any more difficult than it is for them playing at home at the moment. So um, again, I, I put the game down as a 50-50. Wheelstone do look like a, a bright, confident side. They're going to create chances. They look like they're going to run away with the um, National League South. Unless Slough Town have something yes. to say about that. Um, but, you know, they do look a good side. Um, so it will be really interesting to see um, who goes through. And, and obviously, by the time they play tomorrow night, they'll know what the carrot is of the, you know, of the, the, the tie in the next round. Yeah, OK. Well, thank you very much, that, Dan. Um, we're now going to just quickly do a rewind to, uh, to last week where um, Josh spoke to Windsor chairman Kevin Stott about the kind of aspirations that he has for the club at the moment. It's been quite interesting seeing the, the kind of reaction to that from kind of non-league fans in the area. So let's quickly um, hit, listen to that interview with Kevin and uh, see what he had to say about his vision for the Royalists. So, so what we set about being really was the best we could be given the resources that we have on a self-sustaining level. And, and the key objective really is to best step five club in the county and in the country yeah um, as we grow and create commercial in, uh, incomes then without a doubt we we'll want to move up the pyramid yeah and, and, and uh, I was talking to the new management team and what we have is a, what I call a, a vision which is what I've just outlined how do we become, be the best um, step five club in the county in the country and then we've got a supervision which um, is secret only in as much as uh, there is a there is a chance that we could get ourselves probably to Division One um, of Football League. Um, I can see how we could work that out. We have a plan for that, uh, but certain things have to happen to allow us to do that. So it's not that we lack ambition; it's just that you have to put the resource in place to 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 fulfil that ambition. So, Josh, we um, we heard from Kevin there with your um, your interview with him. Um, He's kind of stated that aspirations of reaching the football league with uh, with Windsor. What did you make of what he had to say? Um, yeah, for his vision for the club, and um, yeah, I mean, how uh, how likely that is for Windsor to be able to work their way out of the non-league? Well, there's no doubt about it. He's sort of an interesting guy to speak to. He's very passionate about the club. You can you can tell that from straight away, um, and, and I wouldn't say it's unreasonable for them to rise up above this league, but. You know, for them to go as far as League One, uh, as what he suggested, is, is kind of a bit of a long way off at the moment. Um, they're in seventh place out of 19 teams in the league they're in at the moment, and um, it's quite a solid place for them to be. And they are they are proven to be quite a consistent team. I mean, they lost 3 2 at the weekend to Brackley Town Saints, which are a team just, just a position below them. So they're not losing against teams they should be losing against, perhaps, and, and <coughs> are picking up results where, where they're due. But for Windsor, it's going to be a case of their players will need to commit themselves to playing for Windsor for them to rise up the league. So they're going to need their young players, Dylan Hive and, and the like, to, to actually commit themselves to Windsor to see them rise up the leagues and, and push the team on as a club. You know, At least that way, these players can get regular game time rather than be a, or use the club as a step, stepping stone, really. Yeah. I think the, the interview with, with Kevin last week was interesting. I think the first po point he made was he'd like them to be the best um, step five team in the in the county in the country and I, I think that's achievable you know they've brought in a new manager Mark Cooper who um, has brought in you know his own players um, like the you know like excellence Mahumbo who's, who's done well Dylan Iver I haven't heard of before and so he's probably a new player was that a slight move away from the model of um, 
the Cotswold Sports Academy and, and the players um, that they had there, or, or is it? I don't know. Do you think still going to be the investment? To, in I life? haven't spoken to Mark Cooper enough, and I, or the people at Windsor enough to know if they're still feeding players in through the academy at, at Cox Green. Mm. I'd like to think they were, mm. because it was a nice little link up there, and it seemed to work out well for for both sides. Um, but I don't know if they've they've stepped away um, from that. I mean, some of the comments last week to his claims that they they've got a secret plan. I'm doing the, um, the air quotes here. Um, yeah, we need to get the old uh, camera in the back of the newsroom so we can uh, you know, live stream the podcast. Maybe that's for, for future editions. But yeah, for, for the radio listeners, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, it, that, that sounded like a bit of a far-fetch. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people were saying, you know, you know, is, has he gone loopy? Is he smoking something? You know, there's you know, comments of the kind that yeah. you get on social media when someone says something a little bit crazy. <laughs> They've got a, as you say, a long way to go. Five levels of non-league and a few levels in the league. That's look, it's not going to happen in the short term unless, as somebody pointed out, you know, there's a, you know, there is a plan which sees them invest an awful lot of money into the club, and it's not completely beyond the realms of possibility that something's being done behind the scenes that that would allow for that. The other point I would make is it's not completely crazy to suggest that a, a, a town of the size of Windsor you know should have a league club you know if, if Wickham Wanderers yeah. can be in the league then why not a, a town like Windsor so we're talking maybe 20 30 years in the future I don't know <laughs> if they were going to go about it the the normal way I do often think that about my hometown Guildford as well we don't <laughs> we, you know we don't have yeah, a yeah. You know, we don't have a football league club and you know, there are teams that are um no, I mean, I watched Accrington Stanley on uh, yesterday because that's the sort of fun that I have on a Sunday. But uh, yeah, you look at the ground, and the ground it was a non-league ground, but they're now playing in league. You know, they're playing in League One, and they you know, if if the right model is in place at a club, there's no reason why you can't make your way out of the pyramid. The other thing that you tend to need for a, for a smaller town or a smaller club to move move up is is money and you know financial support. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there is some talk at Windsor about how they might be able to, you know, un, unlock a little bit more cash. And, you know, they're talking about. Are you get a handout from the Queen. Possibly. Well, they, they were talking about. <laughs> um, Fund the new ground with uh, the crown jewels. Or <laughs> well, that's not what they want to do. But they do want to um, invest in the ground. They want to, yeah. um, you know, bring a, a new kind of four G or artificial surface to Stag Meadow. Um, but to do that, they need a longer-term lease for, for the ground. I, I read and early, that is from the Crown Estate. I read earlier they were looking to put in some more sponsorship boards around the, around the side of the pitches and, and more sort of advertising, I suppose, to the club. And I guess that will bring money to the to the club in the future. But, yeah, I guess a time will tell in a, a few years yet to, to yeah. see what happens. Again, that so you need more than them. just advertising boards. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, need... that could help them get to the top of you know, Hellenic. Premier Division, though, you know, who knows? So. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was interesting to me anyway to see, uh, yeah, see the aspirations of, um, you know, of people for their respective clubs. So, um, yeah, we'll watch how that project uh, continues over the coming season. Um, <clears throat> football roundup results elsewhere. Uh, wins for Marlow, Flatwell, Heath. Um, yeah, good, good for Mar Bartley and his men to, to kind of get back to winning ways. And um, yeah, well, I think we both. You know, been or you've certainly been talking talking to Mark Bartley in the recent weeks, and um, he's um, he's had a 
to contend with his fair share of, of injuries and, and that those that's definitely affected results. I think they went through a spell of not winning in four or five matches and they kind of dropped down the divisions. But with players returning, I know you wrote an article a few weeks ago saying he's confident that results would improve off the back of that. And they have, they went through in the FA Trophy. They've now won away at um, uh, Watford Abbey. They've got another couple of big cup matches this week, including the FA Trophy tie at home to Scholing on on Saturday, so um, so he'll be pleased that he's getting a, you know his players are returning to fitness and the form seems to be returning off the back of that. Yeah, and uh, win Flatwell two one over Virginia Water. Yeah, I don't think it was the best of games. Um, it, it involved a few um, uh, sin bins and uh, a sending off of um, the Flatwell captain Dan Bailey in the second half, but uh, and they also fell behind after a couple of minutes, so they had to show a bit of character to kind of come back and. And, and and win that um, win that match, but you know they managed to turn it round in the first half, got it back to two one, and then you know I think they by all accounts you know they were fairly comfortable in the second half, so um, a good, another good win for Flatwell. And then I always have a chuckle at um, obviously we keep a in the football roundup at the weekend, keep an eye on uh, the fortunes of Reading and Wickham, but <laughs> I'm sure you couldn't help but put uh, the result in this weekend of uh, Wickham one Sunderland nil. Is yeah, it? well, I, I was um, smarting from obviously Newcastle's defeat to uh, Chelsea, but then I came in to write the report and the roundup on Saturday night, and I was quite happy to, Take to write that Wickham had beaten Sunderland by the same score. Yeah, and Gareth Ainsworth is obviously linked with the job at Sunderland as well. I mean, that was a yeah, probably a big you know a big result for him. They're doing incredibly well. You know, I know that the you know the the. the there's been a lot of talk about you know their prospective takeover and, and perhaps you know some money is being put into the club finally after years of underinvestment. They, you know, he was working on a shoestring for years, but um, but now you know second in the table behind only Ipswich, and um, you know I thought that their challenge might fall away, but it but it hasn't so far. They're yeah. doing really well. And uh, Reading oh, one 0 yeah. over Preston. Mark Bowen getting um. Getting a win in his first game in charge, and that you know there, there was some funny, funny fallout from that with his uh, obviously the potential from him kind of having a say in a sporting director to him getting the job as manager. Um, yeah, the, an interesting appointment. It, it was interesting. I don't think it was particularly popular with the fans. No, it didn't seem to be. Results are, are what matters. That's what uh, you know that you'll quickly get fans on your side if you start winning matches and. Uh, you know that was a, an important win. I think it came really late on as well. Yeah. I wrote that. Um, you know the defender Matt Miar. How do you say that? Miarska. Miarska. You're on your own there, Dan. I'm, <laughs> but, uh, I'm gonna to, hang. To, I'm gonna hang you out to dry. Hang me out to dry because I I don't. I did see it as in the I did see it as in the ninety seventh minute, and um, I've also backed Preston to finish in the top six. So that wasn't a. Uh, wasn't a great result for me for my season long bet, but um, yeah, it good scenes at the Majeski. Yeah, it before. must have been. It must have been after the the run that they've been on to, um, to you know, to win <coughs> and, and get his uh, his reign off to a winning start. It's uh, it's good. It's good to see, and you know, we don't want the club to be relegated down to League One. So um, you know, the, the quicker they get away from those that the relegation zone, the better. Yeah, and also um, a victory for men, Hedge United women, Josh three uh, one was it over Woodley? Yeah, three one. Um, Alex Dover, a bit of a dead ball specialist, scored a cracking penalty. Yeah. Top right corner, I don't know if you saw the video, but um, that's proven to be sort of like a bit of an inspiration. I mean, it helps that she's obviously captain. She's putting these sort of goals away. Um, but apparently the defence got a lot of credit. It was link up with Sophie Modak and, and Gemma Blore, both of them 
they're really sort of putting putting the lid on the game and trying to come out and progress into the next round. And that was in uh, Bucks and Bucks, uh, Bucks and Bucks Cup. Yeah, yeah they've, they've done well in that competition in the past, so I think they'll be looking to get to the the latter rounds or even the final, which they've done in, in previous years. So, you know, fingers crossed for them and that. Yeah, and uh, now we'll look at the uh, yeah results from other sports around the area. Um, Mainhead securing a last gasp victory against Berkshire rivals uh, Newbury. Dan, you were due to be at that game, yeah. but um, a late kind of uh, transferred out. Yeah, late <laughs> substitution after illness, and um, yeah, obviously end up you know over the road at um, at your road. But um, last gasp victory, they've been doing it. Um, in uh, not always the easiest sort of fashion this year, but they're, they're getting results. It was um, 27-24 in the end with uh, you know some thrilling tries and that leaves Mainhead in, in third place. So what did you make of Yeah, I mean, they, they are, you know, by hook or by crook, they are getting results this year. And, and thankfully, you know, they, they, they do seem, whether it's a fitness thing, uh, whether it's, a, you know, a spirit, team spirit thing or character, uh, or just down to their, you know, level of you know, general skill, um, they never seem to know when they're beaten. So even though they were going into the last 15 minutes of this game 24-17 uh, down, um, they still managed to kind of turn it around uh, and, and get the win. Um, yeah, I, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I wasn't out of the game, so I, I've, been, I've only been kind of picking up on what other people have been writing about it. Uh, the former sports editor... Always Graham, one for a good, uh, good line commentary. Um, he was at the game and obviously he still, still likes to, to, to tweet um, his, his thoughts and opinions on the, on the matter. So, uh, you know, I think, he, I think he probably had Newbury down as, as the better side overall across the 80 minutes. Certainly in the first half, they went off at 17 all at half time. And I think he felt that Maidenhead had, had been the team that had defended most in, the, in that half and would be, you know, more relieved to have come off level. Um, and I think he said they were um, lethargic and disjointed in the second half, or for much of the second half, until they found their kind of second wind with about 15 minutes to go. Obviously, they came back to uh, to get the win with a, a last gas try from their prop forward, Elio Man Mandozi. So, um, yeah, great. I mean, that's two wins in a row for them. It keeps them, you know, only five points off the top of the table uh, and still well, well in the hunt for, you know, you know, promotion this season. It's, you know, what what does seem to be clear though is that there are a lot of good teams um, in that division. You know, Western Supermare went to Ivy Bridge and won on Saturday, and that would be quite a task. I think Maidenhead would struggle to do that. Um, and um, the leaders Barnstable went to Exmouth and won, and Exmouth beat Maidenhead earlier in the season. So, uh, so there are they, they've got a real challenge if they if they're going to keep pace with some of these sides. And they're going to have to improve defensively because they're, they're obviously conceding too many points as well. Yeah, and results elsewhere. Windsor, they're similar to Mainhead, I guess, because they're going to face a tough season. In you know They've got good opposition in that league. Um, yeah. 41-24 in the southwest, one east. Against Chippenham. Against Chippenham. Uh, yeah, I think they're slightly different because Windsor have been promoted into that, that division. Yeah. So they, you know, they, they face, a, I suppose, a, a tougher test to kind of match those sides and stay in and stay in that division but uh, they got their first win the previous week at home um, which I know they'll be delighted about against Salisbury and you know I don't think it's a disgrace to go anywhere and put go away from home and put 24 points on the board so uh, again they were looks like they were reasonably competitive for much of this game 
and uh, Marlowe 16, Whitney 25 in the Southern Counties North. Yeah, disappointment, I, I, I guess, for, for Rory Greenslade-Jones' side. They they kicked the seasons off, season off with three home wins and were top of the table after three matches. Um, but they then went away from home to Wallingford and lost uh, their first match a couple of weekends ago and then and now have been beaten at home by Whitney. So it, it feels like the early season momentum has kind of been lost. Um, I haven't spoken to anybody about that game yet, um, but hopefully... Um, I will get to have a chat with those managers and coaches and, and just see what's going wrong at, at Marlow after a positive start. Yeah, and uh, a round-up into hockey. Um, Mainhead, who are now after their promotion last season, they, they got a win against uh, Chiswick. First win of the season, on my calculations, after yep. a, a free or draw the previous outing. Um, and Slough losing 3-0 um, against Surbiton. So yeah, good, good, uh, good for Mainhead to get off the mark after their draw last week. Yeah, well, I think that was the, the key. I think getting their first point away at Henley, who I think were third at the time, and, and speaking to Chris Brown, their captain, he felt that they deserved more than a point last week, and he was really disappointed that they, they let them in at the end to get a, to get a draw. Um, <coughs> they obviously taken that, that confidence into the next game and, 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 and got the win, um, and, and that'll, give, that'll do wonders for their confidence again. Yeah, and uh, a win for Marlow as well over Newbury and Faction um, in uh, the lead that Main were in last season. So uh, yeah, good to round the show off with with news of a victory. And uh, yeah, that is that's all we've got time for today. Um, so good to hear from you both from on the weekend sporting action. There's some good interviews in there as well um, to get stuck into. Um, so yeah, for all the um, news on who Mainhead may well play in the next round of the FA Cup depending on what happens on Tuesday night pick up a, a copy of the paper on Thursday and then the Slough Winter Express will be out on Friday uh, to contact us send an email to sport at baylessmedia.co.uk and tweet us on at Darlington10 at B underscore BM and at David Lee underscore BM and we'd be delighted to hear from you thank you very much for listening and we'll uh, be back this time next week <laughs>